Okay, so we are going to continue and um, uh, speak to and hear from Fanele Mklongo in a bit. Uh, but what is quite concerning is the fact that schools are very critical to our societies. Education is very critical. Um, uh, uh, everyone agrees with that, that we need to increase our education uh, capabilities. But when schools are being damaged in this way, it is a cause for concern. At some of the affected schools, entire classrooms were bent down. Others were left with broken windows and doors. At Kululiwa Secondary School in Elanskop at Pitamarutsberg, four classrooms were bent to the ground. This school has over 500 learners from grades 8 to 12. This week, cleaners and community members came together to clean up. Amidst the rubble is bent desk and photocopying machines. Provincial Education MEC Gwazim Shengu. The schools were only ICT labs where I were, were targeted. Uh, others, they vandalized NSNP kitchens and, and stole the, the equipments there. And others where they couldn't find anything. We saw a strange thing where they basically stoned the school, vandalized the windows, the doors, and every other thing that they could vandalize. Um, so the, the, the impact uh, differs from one school to another, but in total there are 139 that have been affected. School governing body chairperson Sepongobo says the school was built by the local community to bring hope to young children. Community is disappointed about the damage of the school. This school is special to the community. It was built by parents out of their pockets who are deeply hurt. This is for the future of our children. The destruction of the admin means all the reports and files are now damaged. Mshengu says the department will provide mobile classrooms to schools that were set alight. It will obviously depend on how speedily we are able to uh, deploy mobile classrooms where classes are being uh, been affected. There are schools that were uh, um, uh, destroyed, but at least the classrooms are still intact. Uh, so it's an issue of fixing a door and a window, uh, and that is that is very immediate. Uh, uh, in fact, certain schools have already started uh, repairing such, but there are those where classes have really been vandalized such to an extent where you can't put learners uh, in those classrooms. And in, in, in such schools, we have asked uh, our infrastructure unit to immediately work on procurement of uh, mobile classrooms so that uh, on the first day of reopening, the, there is effective teaching and learning. The Provincial Education Department says it has opened criminal cases related to the affected schools with police. It is encouraging communities to come together to protect their schools. I'm Fanele Mthongo in Pitsamaritsburg. Well, uh, on that report filed by uh, Fanele, it's very clear and apparent that communities are not pleased with what has uh, transpired in uh, in KZN and parts of uh, Gauteng when it comes to the, the damaging of school properties, especially some that were built by community members to benefit their children. I'd love to hear from you uh, as we speak to our guest, uh, Steve Miller. So call in, interact with us, tell us how you feel about this and how we can move away from a culture of damaging things that are important and vital for our survival and our growth as a nation. 011-714-2006 is the number to dial in on, or you can send WhatsApps on 614 SMS is go to 41391. A warm welcome to you, uh, Steve Miller. You're the CEO of Save the Church. In Africa, and I'm very pleased to be speaking to you this morning. 
Thanks. Thanks for having me and, and really appreciate you and SAFM putting a focus on this issue. Firstly, for, for our benefit, what do you do at uh, Save the Children Af- South Africa? So we, we have a, a focus on child rights. We, we work in education and healthcare, and we've been in the country for, for many decades. Um, I, could, could I maybe start, because I've, I've just seen a disturbing video, um, Patricia, and we, we're starting to get images from some of these schools, and uh, could I describe what, what we're seeing? Go ahead, please. Yeah, so, so just briefly, I mean, when you enter some of these schools, and the damage is variable, like your previous guests have said, it looks like a a storm or a tornado has, has torn through there, you know, a real force of wind scattering papers and cardboard and glass everywhere. You look up and the, the, there's holes in the roof. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Maybe that's where people come through. You go into the kitchen and you see the place has been cleaned out. The stove is gone. The fridge is gone. The crack, you know, the cutlery, the crockery, everything. You, you move to the next room. You see the, the washing machine is gone. Uh, all the cleaning supplies, the mops, brooms, everything like this. You go to a small storeroom, the, the, the shelves are down. Some of the books are, are all over the floor, but the stationery is gone. It's gone, gone, gone. And, and you move outside, and this is a distressing thing in, in terms of value. Some of these schools, one that we work with uh, uh, near Durban, a special needs school, has a new bus. It's a new bus that we put a lot of effort into getting and it's vandalized, the, the engine is stripped. And I see our partners walking around and they say, oh, you know, they're whistling. They say, oh, what's happened to our bus? What's happened to our classes? And th- there's that feeling, it's, it's theirs, it's their school. They have so much pride in it. And, and yet it's been destroyed like this. It's simply uh, sort of unbelievable. Really devastating, heartbreaking um, to, to, to know that uh, whether it's frustration or whatever it might have been that caused such actions, that such actions actually happened on our country um, under the banner of a rainbow nation, a democratic rainbow nation. Devastating indeed. So then where to from here? Because we still have children who need to go to school. And my heart really goes out to all children, but especially for those with special needs, as you have mentioned, that their facilities have been ransacked as well. Yeah, I think we need to look at where responsibility lies. And it's so good that it came out in your report just now because we know these communities. Often when you're on the outside, you're sitting in Joburg or Pretoria, wherever you are, and you read a report like this about a school being destroyed, you say, ah, that community, what's wrong with it? But it's not the community. What is the community in the first place? You will find that many people in that area, they put a lot into that school. They put their own money and they want their children to do well. So it's not a, a community issue per se. Although, having said that, of course, there are people in that community who've acted in this way. And if we know about them and and we can help the the authorities, then we must. I think the Department of Basic Education is doing all it can. I'm I'm really happy with what the provincial authorities are doing. Again, they're also showing the right level of concern. They're trying their best to get things done. But, of course, it's expensive, and this is uh, coming at a very difficult time for us. So I think, you know, the way forward, if you're looking at the larger scheme of things, is what what is going through the mind of somebody who goes into a school like this? Yes, we, we can never condone it, eh? but we need to understand also that that anger, that violence comes from somewhere, and it, it doesn't just happen in isolation. It has deep structural roots. Uh, the, the number one predictor of violence is a previous episode of violence. So children who are exposed in such 
some shape or form to violence. They are more likely to perpetuate this. So I think when we look at this, we want to, as South Africans, have this knee-jerk reaction and, and try to blame somebody. But really, the system, the structural issues we have in this country are big and needs all of us to rally around and try to address them. And how do we address them, especially when we we don't have facilities? We need to get some sort of cash injection to fix our facilities. What should come first, fixing the facilities or addressing these issues that we are facing in our communities? Both. So straight away, we have an emergency response. So Save the Children is, is part of this as well, but we are dropped in the ocean. Hey, let's, be, let's be honest here. We need to join hands with everybody who's on the ground there and, and try to get things done. But yes, there, there's some immediate needs. We need to open these schools next week. So much learning has been lost over the past year, really. Hey, we cannot afford to delay any longer. And these poor children whose schools have now been destroyed, uh, we really need to get that sorted. So yes, like the DBE was saying, and, and, and all of us, let's, let's repair the buildings, let's uh, uh, look at the technology that we can for remote learning, etc. Let's deal with what's in front of us. And yes, if there's a, a justice to be played out, that's not our business, but that should happen. But on the longer scheme of things, we, we don't need to wait for this. We, we know now how to do this. We really do. There's, there's so much more that we know now about children and how... They, they, their rights need to be respected and how they can grow up to be productive, uh, contributing members of society. We know all of this stuff. We just need to commit ourselves to it. So there's a number of, of things that we can do and, and maybe we can speak about that. Uh, I'm calling out to our A-team listeners to please join in on the conversation. It, it can't be normal that 130 schools have been damaged. It can't be normal. We can't just sit and watch where, when the infrastructure to better our future, that's what we call young people, is being ransacked. Let's talk about it. Let's find solutions. Please interact with us. Call in on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp on 061. 4104107. Steve, you say there are some ways we should be working around this, and I'm sure you've yeah. got an action plan at a Save the Churn South Africa for what we are currently facing. Yes, uh, ourselves as well as others in civil society. I think at, at the end of the day, we, we need child-centered development in order for us to move forward. The, the public violence that we saw last week that disturbed each and every one of us in South Africa, uh, that again has deep roots. So what do we do? We really do need to look to our children. Uh, we have a, a child rights framework uh, from the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child. We have our own constitution, which is one of the most progressive in the world. We have the Children's Act. So we have the framework that's there. What we need now is, is high-level uh, political commitment. Under President Nelson Mandela, we used to have an office for the rights of the child housed in the presidency. And, and that helped us to sort of mainstream child rights issues through all our decision making you know when we're doing our budget etc we make sure that the right funding is put in the right direction so that children can benefit we've lost that along the way and i think uh, a lot of us in civil society and we are speaking to government about this as well there's going to be a conference relatively soon we are trying to get that office for the rights of the child back in the presidency independent properly funded mainstream it through all your decision making and then from that, you know, we need to go down one level and look at, at partnerships. 
We've spoken in our space in civil society a lot about partnerships over the past year because we realize how much it's needed in the middle of a, of a pandemic. Uh, we really need to work together now. South Africa is an amazing country. We've got people. We've got ideas. We're all doing our own thing in our own corner. And we need to figure out, again, with that high-level political leadership, but also within society, how we can reach across and, and help each other out and not be in competition with one another. Very much needed. How do we ensure that psychological support for uh, students, for um, teachers and educational staff and the communities that were affected is given to them? Because I, I can imagine how traumatizing it is to be in a community where a school that you help build, a school yeah. that you're a governing body uh, for, a school where your children go to school or you work in that school has been burned down to this. How do we give psychological support? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because I think this mental health issue uh, globally, what we see, but also here in South Africa, it's, it's, it's like an epidemic in itself. Eh? There's so much struggle going on in people's heads at the moment. You know, as adults, we worry about our future. Hey, everybody, we've got the highest levels of unemployment we've had ever, I think, on record. Uh, we, we don't know what the future holds for us because every few weeks we get locked down again. And rightfully so. Hey? I'm not complaining about that, but it happens. And, and that uncertainty, that anxiety, it, our children are like little sponges. They, they really they pick up on all of this type of stuff. And, and, and they take it on themselves. That's what children do as well. They, they, they tend to blame themselves for what's happening around them. And, of course, we've also seen uh, a rise in violence against children in the home as well. So that's, that's playing out in their minds. And now we see in society, even if we're managing to run our homes in a, in a, in a good way during this pandemic because we've got income and we're able to look after our kids, even with that, now, all over the news, everybody's talking about this violence around us in society, and that does have a big impact. We speak to children a lot, obviously, and uh, what we hear, we did a rapid assessment prior to this violence, but and it, well, it's not broad-based, eh, so I'm not saying this is across South Africa, but there was about 500 children and caregivers, uh, very vulnerable. And what we found from them, two things. One is that 85% of them reported feeling sad through most of the week. Uh, and 21% of them needed formal mental health and psychosocial support. So that, that's quite significant, and we should be worried about that because when you're a child and you go through that type of trauma, it doesn't just go away. It sort of sticks with you. So what we're seeing happening today, uh, you and my children are going to be dealing with the fallout of this. That's a sad reality that we are facing. Let me go to our A-team listeners, Lulamile in Cape Town. Good morning. Patricia and uh, SAFM listeners. Uh, look, man, uh, sorry, but uh, thank you for taking my call. I want to uh, comment with regard to this uh, school vandalism uh, that is happening in the country currently. <clears throat> I want to quote the Bible verse in uh, Psalms 24. It says, um, the earth belongs to God and all that is in it. Now, what our government did was to remove God from the schools. And once they remove God from the schools, in terms of now stopping all those prayers that we back in the days used to do every morning, because that uh, kind of uh, a prayer brought 
kind of a piece at the school every day, but that was removed, taken out. In other words, God was taken out of the school. Now, when you remove God, automatically the devil takes the place. Now, that is what we did. Now, whatever we do, we try our own. We cannot win this fight because it's not our fight, but it's God's fight. Let's take God back to where God belongs, in the front, because the Word of God says He is Alpha. Now, if He is not there, there is nothing that can be there. Therefore, we will try by our all. All men can do. It will be. It will result to nothing. All we try because God is out. Let's bring God back to the school because back then schools were respected. Nobody used to steal. There were no securities back in the days, but there were there were nobody stealing from the school. But what we did, we removed God and we bought security personnel of which are all humans. Thank you very much, Lulamile. Uh, point well noted. Let's go to a quick break and we'll be back. I see Colin, Stephen and other voice notes are lined up for us. We are in conversation with Steve Miller, who's CEO of Save the Children South Africa. And we are looking at the current devastation that we are seeing um, attack the education department or the education system where about 130 schools have been damaged. Stay on top of all meaningful top trending stories right here on SAFM. Leading the conversation. Let's continue with this conversation uh, uh, around uh, the 130 schools that have been damaged uh, across uh, Gauteng and KZN during the recent unrest. There's a message here from Edwin in Daoung. Edwin says vandalism will never be a solution towards our social problems. Rather, it intensifies the problem and uh, takes us deeper into the social challenge. It's sad that our government has nothing valid nor practical plans in dealing with the social challenge in our community. And now the future is no longer seeming to be bright. Let's go to Colin, who's in Cape Town. Good morning, Colin. Morning, Patricia, and to your guest. You know, the old saying is, bad news travels like a wildfire. Good news travels very slow. You know, Patricia, uh, what happened in the last couple of weeks and things like that, there is a third force involved. There's a syndicate. Because... Let's say myself and my brother, we are, uh, we are going to steal something now. We won't burn schools down. We'll steal the stove or steal whatever it is, something that we carry and take home or something like that. But these people needed transportation to take stoves and fridges and things like that. So where do they get the transportation if they got nothing? So there is a force behind this with social media, cell phones, how did it, how did that KwaZulu Natal, it, 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 sp- it spread from one to another, the next one, when this one was being looted, another province got looted, so there's some third forces involved here, it was, uh, I saw on television a taxi, uh, uh, luxury cars, carrying stuff away, from the looters, the looters were, were, were loading the taxis and loading cars, luxury cars. And now the people come and say, it's desperation. Thank you very much, Colin. Uh, it uh, seems that you've cut there. Let me go to Stephen in Pretoria. Good morning, Stephen. Morning, Patricia. How are you? Strong, thank you. I'm good, man. Patricia, you know, on this 
people who are vandalizing the school say, what is our biggest problem? The Department of Education must check one thing here. You see, if they can stop this thing of tenders. I'm telling you now, this thing is well organized. You'll get that there's a syndicate, they get the schools vandalized. After that, they know the same schools, they will be put on tender, and then they go and benefit again. So the government must stop this thing of tendering the schools which are vandalized, maybe creating their own uh, uh, contractions, uh, 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 business like that. When the school is vandalized, then they can send their own people. As long as we have this thing of tendering, the schools will be vandalized. I'm telling you now, there's a people behind that. Once now they know that now they are checking those schools must be put on tender they will go and benefit there as well okay. that Thanks. is our biggest problem there thank you for that uh, Stephen uh, loud and clear KG in Bloemfontein good morning yeah morning to you Pat uh, and to your guest there uh, man uh, I'm not sure please uh, I will really really appreciate your guest will assist me on one two points that I'm so confused about the constitution you know, I think uh, it's, it's, it's really the time so that for all of us as a country, people on the ground, we need to, they, they need to understand the Constitution. Otherwise, if they don't understand, we are really going to have all these things that are happening in the country. The property has been vandalized. These things have been happening for years and years in this democracy. Now, it's for, 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 the, for, for, for the government to allow all of us to have this so-called constitution. So that, I know they will tell us, Google, go and get it, blah, 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 www. No, I want them to make it available to our kids at schools, to everyone, so that we, maybe we have a, a say on it. If we want one, two, three to be changed, so that all of us communities, they do propose to it. Okay. And what's your second point? What's your second point? The said, second point is mm-hmm. that Mr. Ramaphosa in the past mentioned something he wanted to make us aware as a country how did they come about where they are i think i don't know if it was a quadessa thing or what they were negotiating this new democracy thing now according to me the way he was telling us it was more like these people they were they were telling them what must happen to them it was more like they were agreeing on these things so we did not have the 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 the, the, the right uh, uh, communications or uh, you know uh, per se, to say this what we need. It's like All these right. things were imposed on us. Thank so you, KG. Thank you, thank, you much. Much. thank you very much. Uh, let me go to you, Steve, uh, so that we yep. can wrap up and your comments are from our listeners. Yeah, some great points made there. I, I think on, on spirituality, on, on religion, yeah, during, during times that are difficult, like we're in right now, unrest, uh, this can become even more important, whether you're Muslim, Christian, Buddhist, whatever religion you follow. You know, this this is a place that you can seek um, answers, I suppose. But from from a school perspective, uh, there there is a lot we can do as communities, as individuals, uh, to make sure that our schools are, are correctly looked after and valued like they should be. I think you know a couple of your guests spoke to the role of the government, and yeah, we're we're all disappointed right now, and I'm generalising here. And we would like to see a lot more from our government. We have issues. um, Yeah, I'm not going to go into them now. We're all very much aware of that. But really, we also need to look to ourselves. eh? Let's government is the main duty bearer. They they provide the frame, and there's a lot of work to be done. But it is us 
that really need to make all of this work. Our own households. Look, wake up, look in your own family, look in your own community, your neighborhood, your village, your town, your city, your province, your country, and, and figure out what you can do. You know, whether that's actively getting involved in, in an organization or simply speaking out when you see something that's wrong or, or, or violent in your society, uh, in next door neighbor, whatever it might be, and understand that this isn't a, a Nelson Mandela Day sort of one-off type of thing where you give a blanket and, and that makes you feel better and you move away. This is consistent every day for the rest of your life type of thing. Steve, on that note... Yeah, on that note, I need to thank you. I need to thank you for giving us your time and the hard work that you are doing at Save the Children South Africa. Um, Thank you very much for joining us. It's exactly 12 o'clock on the dot. That means it's update at noon with Sakina time. Uh, Sakina Kamwendo is going to be with you for the next hour. From my side, may goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success.